Hey everyone, welcome back to the Golf Shop Podcast. Today is January 11th. We just wrapped up Century uh, Tournament Week out in uh, Hawaii and moving on to the Sony Open this week on the PGA Tour. Um, thank you for tuning in. Didn't have didn't have a preview for Century, I don't think, but definitely wanted to talk about it. It was an event I always look forward to, one of my favorite events on the PGA Tour every year. Came around quicker than when than I was kind of expecting this year. I don't know, this first week of January. So I was very pleasantly surprised by seeing it uh, show up on the calendar. Had to sneak away uh, and watch it on my phone as NFL football was taking up most of the attention from my roommates, our group television this weekend. So the golf gets a kind of second shift, but squeezed it in. Um, I'm a little late this uh, with this podcast. Usually try to get it out on Wednesday. It'll be coming out um, late. I guess I'll post it late Wednesday uh, to get it out before the tournament starts this week on Thursday. But um, also, which is tied down because uh, people are gonna hate hate to hear this, but uh, I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan, and I went to Michigan, and we just won the national championship on Monday. Huge deal in in football, uh, as you're probably aware of. Um, so all the obnoxious Michigan people you know, well, are somewhere gloating. And uh, yeah, it's just been a crazy crazy run for Michigan football. I will not belabor that here. Um, but shout out Jim Harbaugh. That's really all I got to say. And shout out to Michigan going from a lot of fans wanting to fire Jim Harbaugh to Jim Harbaugh now literally winning a national championship, which is something that seems so, so far off uh, a few years ago. And I'm sure next season, assuming Michigan doesn't win the national championship, you'll just have more respect for the accomplishment this year. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to talk about that, so I should stop talking about it. Um, the Century Championship uh, last week, uh, so Chris Kirk won at 29 under par, a 6 PGA Tour win, um, back-to-back years for Chris Kirk after getting back in the winner's circle last year at the Honda in pretty emotional fashion after coming off a lot of personal, um, just personal issues that have been well-documented that he's been quite... Uh, transparent about and his break from the PGA Tour and so forth. Um, Chris Chris Kirk really pissed me off this week. I'm not going to lie. I was really pulling hard for Sahith Tagala. Um, I had bet him outright, and I was, I was sweating it out down the stretch. I really thought we had a great look when Sahith drained the big par putt on 17. I was like, oh, gosh, this is – we're looking good. We're looking good. Kirk missed like a makeable birdie on 16, but then so he doesn't birdie 18, was was which is such a killer. Nobody in his group birdied 18. They all ended up in the same spot. Uh, he's playing with Scotty Scheffler and Jason Day. They all ended up short of the short kind of uh, right of the green, uh, and they all kind of chipped it up in all mediocre fashion and left themselves like 10, 15 feet surrounding the hole. They all missed. Uh, we're just not see that the second shots get onto that green. I feel like we're just used to those balls bounding down, people hitting those big rope hooks into that green. Um, so that was a bit surprising. And then for Sahith, that was that was such a bummer because Kirk goes ahead and just like knocks it stiff on 17, uh, which is 
in my eyes, one of the harder holes out there. And so I was like, oh, my God, here we go. So at that point, I was like, this is a lock. Kirk's going to be up by one with 18, the par five to go. He's not going to bogey that. Sure enough, Kirk won. I did. I was su- successfully able to hedge a little bit on Kirk when his odds got down to like minus 150, which I should have done a lot. I should have hedged a lot more on, but I at the time was still a little nervous about Jordan Spieth, who was also in contention. Uh, Spieth has been in the ca- has been the case for seemingly a number of years, uh, always getting himself in a contention and not necessarily able to close the deal, and so. Got a bit unlucky, had a fried egg lie on the 16th hole that cost him a shot. And once you're making bogeys, when you were making making bogeys last week, uh, you were in a lot of trouble. Uh, The scoring was really low. Uh, The scoreboard was really bunched. Um, There was, um, it was like a good tournament, not great, I'd say. I was kind of intrigued when Hovland and Scotty were kind of more in the picture. But after Hovland kind of really... God lapped uh, Saturday after making some big numbers, and then Scotty was always there, but just never, never quite all the way there. Um, certainly, the big news with Scotty was the putting um, kind of changed the look. His setup looked a little bit different. He seemed to be putting a little bit better, uh, making the shorter putts more consistently, or those kind of like mid-range putts that he seems to always have. Um, so that was a big talk. It certainly was a different look. Uh, look when they you know showed him like behind the angle behind him uh, yeah it was just kind of a different his hands looked higher and it was more of like a almost like a Xander Shoffley looking putting stroke to me um, but yeah I mean there's something I was talking to this about my with my dad too like we usually love this tournament so much and you know we living in the northeast uh, Hawaii scenery in January is always kind of like this nice reprieve from, and it's, you know, when you're watching it, it's usually late on the East Coast and it's late out in Hawaii. So it's always so nice to see. But something about this week just didn't completely click. I mean, I don't know if it was the field. I think part of it, I've heard a lot of good things from people about the expanded field, but I think in my eyes, that was kind of part of the problem with this week. Um, I'm someone who usually doesn't like limited field events because they tend to get kind of boring. There's a lot of separation and there seems to be a lot of like runaway winners. And the century, the problem when the century was expanded is they've always gone really low there. But when you expand the field out now, the leaderboard was so bunched, it just felt a little too much like, you know, the Palm Springs event or something where everybody's just 35 under par. And so it was like, if you're not making birdies, you're just getting lapped. So everybody who is finishing, you know, you know, all of a sudden the the new leader is this guy who shot 63 early on Sunday. And, but it's like, well, that's not going to hold more than 10 minutes because everybody's coming in and passing them. And that was kind of the, the kind of the vibe with Sahith, who was a few holes ahead of Kirk. And it's like, well, you know, Kirk's got these holes. He's going to make birdie. Um, so there was just something, something felt a little bit off. Um, maybe the golf course just feeling a little exposed with the expanded field. Uh, it seemed to be like a decent amount of wind, but the scoring never really wavered. Um, obviously the par 73 is part of this. Um, 
but yeah, so I, you know, I, I hate to be the, you know, I hate to put a lot of stock into par, um, and you know, the number under par that they finish, but for some reason it seemed to take away this year, even though they have historically kind of finished around that like minus 29 number. That's not completely unusual. Um, another, like an, another couple notes, like there was a lot of talk, kind of curiosity about what the telecast would be like from NBC. Um, Kevin Kisner came in to the booth, lots of hoopla about that. Um, from what I heard from Kiz, I was kind of underwhelmed, not, not going to lie. He sounded cautious and at times kind of boring, <laughs> which is, I don't think what people were expecting, but he's kind of like a dry, kind of has a dry sense of humor. And so it's definitely something I could see him being really good at, but I don't think like just out of the gate, he's, he was just like a natural at it. Uh, certainly sound very Southern on the telecast, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, and the other thing that is I find kind of annoying and just I don't really understand is that the rounds seem to be ending so early. And like, obviously, this is an least ending really early on the East Coast. And obviously, this these events are in Hawaii. And I feel like I, they used to end at like 10 p.m., 9 p.m. at night. And I don't know, it was just always kind of fun to watch it as late into the night as possible to see the blue skies in Hawaii. And this one just seemed to end really early. And those guys in Hawaii are like, they're teeing off at like 7 a.m. It's like, what? Why? There's like 50 guys in the field. Like, why are they teeing off at 7 a.m.? So it's just kind of confusing. But um, yeah, I mean, I was just really bummed about the betting part of it. I didn't end up doing too badly um jt poston top 20 love to see that so he top 20 was good um tom kim kind of killed me i was kind of thought it'd be a big tom kim week but um we're moving on this week to the sony open at wiley obviously another hawaii event the first full field event on the pga tour schedule um i haven't read much about this kind of what's been reported about this meeting that's going on where they're flying everybody out to Hawaii, all the players out to this player meeting. Obviously that is like just a ludicrous idea, ludicrous thing that's happened. The PGA tour paying for people to go to Hawaii who aren't even playing in this event. is just crazy. I don't know. I don't know what they're discussing. I don't know why they had to do it like this, <laughs> but and it, it sounds very PGA tour to me, but I'm looking for the, looking forward to why Um, I feel like the fields have tapered off in the last few years, but the field this year has some kind of interesting names. Uh, going through like the betting odds, uh, Ludwig, Ludwig Eber. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that if we're gonna stick with that, but that's what we're gonna go with today. Um, he's the betting favorite, uh, followed by Terrell Hatton. That's, uh, so uh, Ludwig is twelve to one, Hatton sixteen to one, Fitzpatrick sixteen to one. Uh, Russell Henley, 22, Brian Harmon, down the, down the line. And uh, as expected, it's it's a mish, mishmash of guys as far as like types of players. you got the ball strikers, the long hitters. I mean, it's it's a short golf course by PGA Tour standards. Wiley is only about like 7,000 yards. It's obviously a very old golf course. It's originally a Seth Rainer golf course. Uh, the Tom Doak renovated a few years ago. 
uh, has played fairly easy for the PGA Tour professionals the last few years. Um, they really have eaten it up. Um, but there's been a, you know, the winners have been uh, Siwoo Kim, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, and this mishmash of guys that seem to play well here. Uh, Russell Hen- Henley's played well here. You know, should have won a few years ago. Uh, Justin Thomas won one here a while back. And yeah, it's um it's a hard one to kind of predict who's going to play well. Um, the idea usually is that the the ball strikers and the good putters play well here, but it's been it's been kind of a mishmash. It's kind of tough to read. Um, so this week I was like looking through what I picked myself. Uh, a couple guys that played well last week are. Uh, or Matt Fitzpatrick and JT Poston are two of the guys I was kind of looking at. Um, definitely interested in guys, you know, and the other interesting thing about Wiley is like how much stock do you put in to Kapalua, which is obviously a completely different golf course. Um, it's tough not to like the things you just saw, I think, but, you know, also realize that a lot of these guys are, this is their first PGA Tour start. It could be coming in super fresh. They could be coming in, um, you know, after a long layoff, pretty stale. But um, Justin Rose was a guy who caught my eye, 45-1. to 1. Denny McCarthy, who played last week, really like him. And so those are the guys be looking at. I mean, I might get tempted into the Brian Harmon thing, but I've never hit a Brian Harmon bet in my life, so we'll see. Oh, yeah, and uh, Adam Svetson is a guy I'm, I'm certainly looking at who's a good ball striker, but obviously not a very long hitter. Uh, and has been putting well, really well the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, looking forward to Sony. Uh, it's always such, it's always a solid event. It's running up against football. Will be tough to squeeze it in, uh, while everybody's you know kind of focused on the on the football. But yeah, um, looking forward to this event. And honestly, that is kind of like all I have this week. Uh, I will check back in with you guys next week, see how everybody did on their bets, and I'll tell you how I did on my bets. Um, but yeah, keeping it short and sweet this week. People are busy, you know, myself included. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. I don't know if this was worthwhile for you, but I really hope uh, it gave you some insights into this week. But I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.